Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. This is your host, Howard Fox. The Outdoor Adventure Series celebrates individuals and families, businesses, and organizations that seek out and promote the exploration and enjoyment of the great outdoors. Our guest today is Kevin Mitchell. Kevin provides guided fishing experiences in Western Massachusetts and Southern New England. Kevin, welcome to the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Howard. Super excited to be here. Fantastic. And I love the fact that we're uh, on video right now because everything around you is fish or outdoor related. Orvis, you got your nice little merch you're wearing with the logo. You've got fish on posters in the background. So you're like all ready to go now, I think. I'm ensconced, if you will. <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, Kevin, I, I'd love if you could provide a little bit of, of background about who Kevin Mitchell is. How did you develop this love of fishing and really decide that I'm going to make a career out of this? So let's start way back in the beginning, little Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, thank you so much for having me, Howard. I really appreciate it. So I actually grew up in the Chicagoland area, Southern Great Lakes region. Fishing was day one, pretty much one of my earliest memories in life are, are with a rod in my hand. It's, it's one of these things where I'm, I'm told stories that I don't remember, that kind of stuff. It was originally something that I shared with my dad kind of from, from the get-go. He had been taught by his mom and it had been a bit of a familial tradition on that side of the family. It's funny, actually, years later, my, my maternal grandmother, who was like a total history, historian, history buff, the family historian kind of thing, she looked into the, the ancestry.com, that kind of stuff, and actually confirmed even on the other side of the family, I mean, back to Europe, like all the way back, that they were fisher people and sea people and all that kind of stuff. So. It's for lack of better wording. I mean, I think it's in the blood for many, for, in many ways. I mean, for what I've been told when I started at the, around the age of two or three, that it was never really a choice. It was, it was kind of a, a motor skills development that was happening alongside walking, walking and talking essentially. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just something that's been there, right? Since, okay. since I can remember, it's just something that's been there, but I, it's actually funny because I have a blog, blog section on our website and. The last post that I wrote was a bit, provided a good amount of background and stuff like that. And I actually spoke about in that kind of the point at which the transition point kind of into more serious angling, really starting to get taken with it. Sure. Was around still young, gosh, I mean, early elementary school. And I actually had a, my, my dad's like best, one of his best buddies from college, definitely his best co-angler buddy, fishing buddy ever, Mike Pappas, I call him Uncle Milty, he actually has fish like on the BASS tour and stuff like that. He's a, he's a tournament guy, okay. but he was really that kind of formative, really high level sort of influence. Right. Uh, you know, so that's how you're, that's how you kind of got to uh, North Pier angling when you were young, way back when, and I can yeah. imagine there's probably, like you said, there's stories about you. You don't even remember. Yeah. Now in. Southern uh, Lake Michigan, you were on the, the lake, the Michigan side, New, was it New Haven, Grand Haven? Yes. Yeah, South Haven. South, South Haven. Haven. I knew yeah. it was, I knew there was a Haven in there. It was one of them. <laughs> one of them. So South Haven, all of these little resort towns along Lake Michigan had these wonderful piers. And, and when I first saw North Pier Angling and I'm 
originally from Chicago as well. And I'm here out in Las Vegas. And when I saw North Pier, immediately I thought of Chicago's North Pier. But, you know, lo and behold, I'm sure there's a lot of North Piers all around Lake Michigan. <laughs> Is when you spend time in South Haven and you're out there, it, it, did, was it with your, your your dad? Did he like literally come come on, Kev? We're we're going out to the pier. We're going to go fishing. Is, is that really where it started? Yeah, and it, it really was. I mean, it was it was something. It was exclusive with my dad. I mean, he was the only other member of my family who was an angler. And obviously, I mean the you know the being in South Haven was obviously family time. There was other stuff going on. My grandparents had a place there and all that kind of stuff. But right. in terms of being on the pier learning Lake Michigan, falling in love with the Great Lakes. That was with my dad and it was on that pier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What kind of fish were you catching for the pier? So it would vary, honestly. I mean, our, our bottom line was always jumbo perch, jumbo yellow perch. That was kind of our, our control of the experiment, if you will. But, you know, it's one of those things where you, you get like these dipping inshore runs for all of these big salmonid species. I mean, personally, my favorite off that pier was the, were the steelhead and rainbow trout. Right. But I mean, late Lakers would come in, Kings would come in, Coho Salmon would come in, obviously very seasonally in those. And it was sure. a get there fast, guess right kind of thing. But other than that, I mean, all those, all those piers on all the Great Lakes are patrolled by big pike, by big muskie, a small mouth, a large mouth down in the rocks. So, wow. I mean, it was really, they're, it's, they're unbelievable fisheries. Obviously they're accessible and it was an amazing place to kind of, you know, wet my feet on a lot of the fish that would that would bring me to be a business owner now. Okay. So Kevin, we're going to put this video up on YouTube. So I'm going to ask you a favor. Yeah. Don't knock your desk. That's oh, <laughs> okay. That's okay. Good uh, <laughs> no problem. No problem. Hey, something I've, I've had a few podcasts underneath my belt. No, <laughs> no worries. Just, just uh, hold your hand firmly on your coffee mug there. So I'm curious with catching the fish. Now, for our listeners, I happen to know Kevin's mom. She and I are, are friends. I think we met early 2010, 12-ish timeframe and kept in touch over the years. And it was actually through a conversation with Kelly that I discovered Kevin is out east and he's starting this business north pier angling and so in that spirit of disclosure i have to ask this question when you caught the fish was was this catch and release or did you bring the fish home and then who clean if you did who cleaned the fish because i'm thinking your mom didn't do it yeah you that was that's very correct guess it was it was a pretty split bag i mean it was oftentimes along more of the culinary lines than the fishing anything with Anything with spots, right? Anything with trout or salmon in its name generally is good to come home. The perch were great to come home. Walleye, you know, those nice white fleshed fish. But uh, yeah, no, cleaning, cleaning was an angler's job. The, the, the trip was not over until the flays were, were neatly packed in a simple patch. Oh, that's nice. I grew up in the Detroit suburbs and we used to go down to this town. It was uh, Monroe, Michigan. It was about halfway between Detroit and Toledo. And we used to go for all you can eat perch. And it just, the, the word perch just brings back this ton of childhood memories for me. So thank you for that. So you discovered this love of fishing. I mean, you're doing that. Any, any sw special memory with your dad, your, your, your uncle, somebody 
out there that that today it's still the most vivid memory of fishing mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was actually that first time with you know this uncle. It was formative because he was running like a 22 foot fiberglass bass boat, had 200 horses behind him. It was a big step up, right? Okay. And the first time I ever read, I'll forever remember. I wrote about it in that blog post actually. And it's funny because it wasn't, it was, it was just a large mouth. It was one of, you know, if I remember correctly, I think it might've been the first cast I placed that day, actually one of the first few. And it wasn't, it wasn't a trophy by any means. It was probably only a two or three pound fish, but I will, I will forever. I think I will die. God willing. I think I will die remembering that because it was, I knew it was coming. I knew I was going on this trip for like a year. I was in the library with the reference books and all this little kid passion and excitement. I didn't sleep the night before all that. And. It wasn't the biggest bass in the world, but it really, it really. So you it, knew it, it was. It, it was. So exactly. Exactly. It was. And it was, it was the moment at which fishing became much more serious. Boats became much more of an equation within a few years after that turn. I was fishing tournaments with my uncle. Okay. Uh, oh, so wow. yeah, that, that one fish. And I, I will say too, I mean, there's with my dad, I guess it's not one memory, but a series of mine because my dad actually passed away when I was a teenager. Right. So it's. It, it's so, so much of my memories of my dad are fishing. So much of what I, you know, love to remember. Or- I love it. I love it. And why I noticed on the website, there is a shot of you, uh, little Kevin with dad and all the fish laying out there on the pier. And, and by the way, I, I think I warned you, I'm an opportunistic podcaster for our website. I would love if you could share some photos of you fishing, perhaps even that one of you and your dad, let's put it up on our show notes. That'd be great. For sure. So you went off to college. I I know we just kind of did a huge leap of time, but you went off to college. Did you go to college out East? Yes. I went to Hampshire college, which is actually in Amherst where I'm living now. Okay. You're in Amherst where you're living. What did you study when you were in, in college? So far cry, I was actually a technical theater. I was a stage manager and like performance okay. manager, actually. Yeah. Okay. How did you come to decide this is great for school? I love it, but that's not what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to want to make a living doing this fishing stuff. How'd you yeah. come up with that? It's, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's, there are, there are elements that are, that are unique. And I think that's funny how not unique, unique some of the elements are. I mean, honestly. From the theater perspective, COVID was, was so much, I mean, in that, that industry is on its knees, obviously with COVID and I, it's been obviously rebounding, but I did a little bit of work out, out of school. I graduated in 2017. So 2018, 2019, I was working in theaters around this area, which was great. I mean, honestly, I was, I was enjoying it, but then COVID came and they were all shut down. Beyond that, I mean, as far as I was really making a living, I was actually working as a retail manager in this area for several years, kind of bopping around Fortune 500 retailers here and there, right. which was tough. And it, it, I, I, I am very thankful for my experience in retail because it really very concisely showed, gave me, gave me at least the courage, the ability, the vision to pursue this, to just say, I don't want to be a retail manager. I don't love okay. this. I, it felt at a certain point that with COVID and it's so complicated, obviously so many people feel this, but it was, I couldn't wait for theater. And it was funny through many conversations, through some strife with other jobs and, and moving through and stuff, long conversations with loved ones, the, and it's, it's a phrase that I 
keep coming back to as I've developed this company and continue operating this company is that for me, fishing is the only thing in my life that has always been there since day one. Okay. Um, it's the only thing that I have never waned in loving. I've never doubted. I've always come back to. And it kind of came to this, thank, thank goodness, this lovely point around the end of that last year where, you know, why not? Right. Sure. So sure. here we are. <laughs> so when you decided to start North Pier Angling, had you been perhaps for hire taking visitors coming to the area out and beginning to develop this entrepreneurial spirit and interest to actually establish this company? How'd that come about? Yeah, I had been not, not nothing you know, hugely consistent, but I had been entertaining some kind of under the table, under the table business for about 18 months before officially establishing NPA. By the way, the IRS, they, I think they do a keyword listener on under the table. <laughs> Just FYI, my friend. <laughs> so yeah, I was doing entertaining informally for about 18 months or so, just kind of here and there. But yeah, it was, it was, oh, I mean, honestly, in this area, it was, it was very interesting because very different fishery from what I what I grew up being used to. It, get a little, it gets a little bit more similar the further north you go in Michigan or Wisconsin, but mm -hmm. my home waters were often green, slow-moving, dirty, this and that. And I mean, for instance, our just just right here at Amherst, I have a, a creek called Adams Brook, which is maybe three minutes down the road for me. You could pick up the water out of that in a, in a Desani bottle and not be able to tell the difference between when you bought it at the store. It's that clear. So, Oh, wow. It is. It's it's stunning here. Very different fishery. And so, so much of my time before this kind of immediate precursing kind of period here has really been spent kind of on learning stuff and relearning stuff. So much, so many things from my previous fishery did not carry over here. I mean, I, a good example is I did not, I had never casted a fly rod um, in my life before moving here. And now I'm operating as partly a fly guide. So... It's, it was definitely a learning process. And as you said, I mean, the last maybe 12 to 18 months, taking a few people out was, it was really kind of cemented, cemented the idea of, huh, maybe I've learned enough. I think <laughs> I've learned enough. I think let's, let's keep going. Okay. I, I need to, to circle back just a little bit to your theater background, because mm -hmm. it, it seems to me, and may put this in your back pocket for some other day that fishing this the 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 tranquility being one with the the you know wide open spaces nature fly fishing maybe some conversation with the person you're fishing with maybe you're alone would make for some great theater just imagine two old guys a husband and wife young lovers sitting on the boat sharing stories and that would make for some good theater had conversations because i imagine the conversations you hear while you are taking your clients out fishing you know that you you probably hear some good old fish stories i would imagine yeah absolutely and i think you make a great point too i mean i think for me at the at the philosophical level if, if you will i mean one of the things that drives me as an angler drives me beyond thinking about angling much beyond just the practical of making casts and landing fish one of the most beautiful things about this sport is that it is one of the earliest elements of our entire society, of our entire species, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the earliest ways we gathered food. It's one of the earliest ways that we entertained ourselves. I think you're exactly right. Cause I think of theater in a very similar setting, right? Like it is, 
I mean, it may be, it is our first form of entertainment, how we passed our time millennia ago. So I think you're absolutely right. I think more than anything, like the ancientness of both of them, it's such a, it would be such an interesting union for sure. Okay. All right. So just, yeah, keep that in your back pocket. But that was just like a, this insight for me. And it's like, I can see kind of a, a, a little directional change. Maybe you'll have a side hustle. It'll, you'll be going back <laughs> in, to the theater. Who knows? So the fishing that is up in your area, Western Massachusetts, Southern New England, who are the individuals who are coming to you? Are, are they finding you word of mouth, the website, and what are they asking you for? So it's a pretty mixed bag as of now, and we've been enjoying a, a pretty entertaining, a good amount of business kind of off the bat this season, which has been great. It definitely seems to me, and just based off of my lovely diagnostics, everything, it definitely seems like Instagram is actually Instagram and Facebook are definitely I think in many ways are kind of attention grabbing and then sending people into the website and mm -hmm. you know that from there the website is conducting the business as far as structurally the website is set up to take inquiries and do all, right. all that kind of stuff but I mean it's like we just said right this is one of the oldest things in the world and I have the distinct benefit of being able to benefit from word of mouth so actually just today I was actually dropping my pamphlets and some of my paper materials off in some bait and tackle shops around the area. So yeah, kind of a mixed bag, both digital and, and analog. Okay. If you will. And the customers that are coming to you, are they old friends, husband, wife, whole families who who's coming out with you? So again, a, a mixed bag as of now, which has been awesome. I've had a couple individual higher level fly anglers who specifically for lake trout from shore to more, you know, maybe novice level, however you want, however you want to phrase it, spit casting anglers. I'm, I'm just now actually, cause I, given my area and I, the area that I operated is also called the five college area because mm -hmm. there are colleges in it. I, I fairly certain when like the towns linked together, I do believe that it might be the highest per capita of undergrad students in the country. I could be wrong okay. about that. A lot of college students here. So I do run discounts for, for students, seven through a post-grad, everything in between. Um, and it's been nice because as I'm starting to kind of distribute more of these paper materials, get some of that word of mouth around, I'm actually starting to see undergrad interest, uh, okay. which is awesome. Awesome. Well, that's so, very nice. That's very yeah. nice. In the, in the time that you have been taking, you know, your customers out, it, what what are they asking you for when they reach out to you? I mean, they're filling out the form on your website, but what, what is the specific nature of their ask that, and you saying, yep, I can do that. Yeah. As of now, it's funny because it's, it's pretty much all gone through the lens of species at this point. It's, it's almost a marriage of species and technique. So for instance, for these like fly anglers, the inquiry is I want to catch a light trial on the fly for a bit of context. That is generally something that's thought relatively not possible this far outside the Arctic Circle. It's it's a far north pattern to catch like trout on the fly. They exist generally exist in very, very deep water. So that's as of now, that's kind of what I'm seeing. I'm definitely interested. And I I also think that is a result of essentially how I'm operating at the moment in this mm -hmm. kind of time up front here. I'm actually running like pretty generous pretty generous discounted deals for these specific patterns. So the inquiries are generally just responding to those deals at this point, okay. if that makes sense. Sure. My hope going forward, 
if from a target audience, if you will, I'm very interested in families and couples, as you said, I'm actually interested in just fostering uh, more novice level interest in general. And I'd really love to see my dream as the guide and like, you know, when I'm receiving these booking inquiries and that kind of stuff. What I would love to start seeing is people who are, who are looking for an experience. They have an idea of a holistic experience that they want, not just a species. And that's fine. Obviously, you know, whatever you're looking for is what you're looking for, but it would be what I would love to start seeing people who are looking for a fully curated experience on a specific fishery who are looking for certain things out of it as well. Okay. Okay. You mentioned the quality of the water versus Lake Michigan and something that that comes to mind is, and again, not to get into any politics, but the, the Clean Water Act. I mean, mm. has your native rivers where you and reservoirs where you are taking your customers out to fish, have they always been well taken care of? And there's, is there good stewardship conservation going on within the, the community where you're fishing? Yeah, and I think, yes, I would say. I think in general, it's actually funny because I was in the Indiana, Wisconsin area uh, about three weeks ago, fishing steelhead with a friend from Colorado. And those are not clean fisheries at all. And it was interesting to come back here and really, really live into and not take for granted how truly pristine by comparison, our fisheries are here. I, I, I do think Massachusetts, I do think Massachusetts does a very good job of managing especially water quality there there are some frustrations i th i think from the anglers and it's 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 the nature of the beast right it's you know the state is trying to serve the anglers are trying to fish and there's got to be a middle ground for everybody but yeah mass i qual i think quality in quad the quad reservoir the Wachusa reservoir which are two of my main guiding lakes here they're our biggest bod bodies of fresh water are good examples they're actually some of the only unfiltered water systems in the country they are I mean, there's some of the most protected waterways I've ever seen. You cannot, you cannot contact the water with your body, but it is illegal to do so. Okay. We do see a lot of really good policy and sort of zoning stuff because we, we do have a lot of agriculture here, at least in the valley that I live in. And we do see a lot of really kind of proactive zoning stuff that keeps, that keeps farming away directly from the watersheds into the basins. Okay. Um, I, I will say, and I, I, one of, obviously one of, one of the big fishing relative things that's come out of the Clean Water, Water Act is obviously wild trout and wild salmon and the focus on them and the attempt to preserve and protect them. I will say, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, I think mass could do a lot more, um, to protect our wild trout here. Mass calls itself what's called a put and take fishery, which means that they prioritize stocking of the waterways and, and encourage harvesting counter examples in new england alone vermont new hampshire and maine all do the opposite and they really put their wild and naturalized fisheries first before the stocked fisheries i'm a proponent of that i do think that massachusetts could do significantly better but in terms of i mean in terms of the ecology itself it's a very healthy area and okay. very well managed okay when you're taking your your customers out when they're having this experience now of fishing. Is it always going to be catch and release? Is it catching? Is there some consumption of the fish or combination? What is it uh, predominantly for you and your customers? Yeah, and I, I actually have a, a good spot in my FAQ if anyone wants to check it out. I actually have a 
pretty detailed answer to this. So I am a completely split, split bag as a, personally, as an angler, I, I am catch and release generally. Um, however, especially in this fishery, we do, we are in a put and take fishery. So I, a good example, one of my major guiding waterways is the Swift river. The Swift is the tailwater of the Quabbin reservoir. Well, pretty famous, actually. It's like an Orbis, Orbis, Orbis river and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting split because it's very wild and very stocked at the same time. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different fish in there, which creates an issue because you have to know what you're looking for. So in the Swift, I will absolutely entertain harvest. I will essentially, through my experience out there, feel pretty good about judging whether a fish is wild or stocked or not. You can also just, I, I like to just base that on species for us. None of, none of the rainbow trout that we have here will really ever be wild. They will almost always be stocked. In my opinion, they're the best eating fish also. So that's usually what I would recommend. Okay. But yeah, I mean, honestly, without getting, you know, without, uh, going too far down the rabbit hole here. I mean, I, it's really up to the client, right? I mean, if it, if it's legal on the fishery, I have my own guidelines, like for Quabbin, right? For this reservoir, you're technically allowed to keep up to, I, I believe it's three lake trout or salmon, but I will, I will only take one on my boat. So it's just, it's, I, it's really, I'm fully willing to entertain harvest just with some, some stimulation okay. in there. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So with your, the business, North Bear Angling, where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years? I mean, do you, is it the growth, maybe bring on some more guides and boats and where do you see yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. I, it's funny because I is, I feel like it's the nature of a lot of people, you know, in this age group is I live for, I mean, a relatively transient period of life. My partner, Jen is actually a, a PhD candidate at the university of Massachusetts here in Amherst. So obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of coordination there and obviously it's two ways, right? So it is likely, I mean, Jen is a few years out from completion of that program. It is likely that NPA will actually probably move in the next few years to a, to a new location. Okay. For me, my personal goals, my, my long-term goals are actually not to be a fishing guide. My dream actually is to morph NPA into a nonprofit organization much longer term. So more in the, more in the 10 year kind of capacity and really excited to be here in the time in between and be building a name and be building some resources and stuff like that as a guide. Great. Um, but yeah, my dreams lie in the nonprofit field. I'm very interested in creating uh, greater accessibility and engagement in both fishing and the outdoors, especially on, on, on the, the basis of who people are and where you live and what you look like and how much money you have and stuff like that. So that's my goal. That's, that's my dream. In the meantime, though, I am, I'm, I, I think for me, I very much located one of the major and first metrics uh, that will need to come in towards pushing to that point. We'll be taking on more guides and operating a team. So keep your eyes peeled because that'll, that'll be coming out soon. That'll be going soon. <laughs> That's like a plan. I love it. I love it. <laughs> By the way, I have disclosed this at other times, but I'm going to disclose it to you and to our listeners again today. I've never been fishing. Really? Thank you very much. Yes, never. Well, I think when I was growing up, uh, a friend of the family had it. We had a lake in Michigan and yeah. there was a little boat. We went off. I think I caught a bluegill or something like that, but I'm sorry. That just does not count. Uh, <laughs> it, it's gotta be a trout, a salmon, something substantive. And so I'm, I'm collecting through my interviews, lots of friends that fish. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
So as as you kind of look back now, Kevin, on your career, your young career, I mean, you, you've got a long uh, glide path ahead of you. Any surprises for you? I am... I'm li- I'm actually living my dream right now, and that's a surprise to me. Honestly, okay. I've said that time and time again. I have my older brother actually, who is a very very skilled performance artist, writer, director, very skilled performance artist through and through. He's also living his dream. He lives in Amsterdam. It's a grind. It's hard. There's not a lot of money going around, but it is the dream. And I guess when I got here, launched the company, people cared, started booking me, started following the social medias. It was a surprise. I don't, I don't know why it was a surprise, but it was, there was a moment of stock looking back and I said to my, this is, this is my dream. I mean, this is, if, if at the age of 26, I could have said this to six-year-old me, that this is where you'd be in 20 years. I mean, it, it you know, it is, it, it, I struggled to articulate it clearly. No, it's good. I mean, it's yeah. good. I mean, it's the impact of going out fishing, whether it's with your dad, your uncle, sometimes events they affect us in certain ways. And it's obvious that fishing has had a great impact on your life. And it's like, and you're living it. And so, I mean, as a career coach in other parts of my work, doing what you love to do is very important and not, not doing what you don't love mm-hmm. is very important. So you're, you're living it. That's fantastic. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and North Pier Angling, where are the best places for them to go? Yeah. So first and foremost, head on over to our website. That's northpierangling.com. That is our hub for our, all of our photos, all of our blogs, most importantly, our trip booking portal. So if you're interested in booking a trip with us, make sure to head over there. And then we actually maintain a pretty robust presence across social media as well. So we have platforms on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. All of those handles are just North Pier Angling, just straight spelled through. Well, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're making a name and, and, and trying to expand here. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, definitely we will provide the backlinks to North Pier Angling as well as to your social site. So we'll do our best to put the word out. So if you're in, you know, Western Mass and Southern New England, you're the guy to go to. So indeed, fantastic. <laughs> Kevin, thank you again for taking time out of your day. I'm sure you would rather have been out fishing, but I appreciate you, you know, taking time today to join us on the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Don't worry, there's still time. (laughs) I can imagine there is. I can imagine there is. Listen, stay on the line. We're going to do a quick close and you and I can have a final chat. Okay? Perfect. Thank you so much, Howard. All right. Okay, folks, this is another episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. We have been chatting with Kevin Mitchell. He is the founder of North Pier Angling out in Western Mass in Southern New England. And really just uh, really kind of nice to to chat with a budding entrepreneur. I mean, this lifelong love and passion for angling, fishing, and really suddenly perhaps because of covid found himself with an opportunity to put this passion into reality and start this business and it was great to hear uh, about kevin's background and how he has accomplished what he has uh, so far and where he hopes to take uh, north pure angling now folks if you'd like to uh, visit kevin 
uh, learn more about angling and perhaps get out to Western Mass in Southern New England and go out on a trip with Kevin, you can visit their website at northpierangling.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, again, we're going to provide all of those backlinks. As for us on the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast, you can find us on our website, outdooradventureseries.com. We are also on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Outdoor Adventure Series pages. And you can also find us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audible, et cetera, et cetera. And let us know what you think of today's episode. Like it, share it, comment on it. But above all, we hope you got some enjoyment out of listening to this uh, conversation that we just had with Kevin. Okay, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day, a great week, and we will see you on a future episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Take care now.